forever. Dog. Welcome to another episode of Best Show Bests, the greatest hits of the best show, with me, your host, Tom Sharpling. If you like what you hear, make sure you join us every Tuesday night on Twitch at 6 p.m. Pacific for a brand new episode of The Best Show featuring callers, celebrity guests, live music, and plenty of surprises. Enjoy! I'm being told that we do have a surprise on the uh, on the computer box. I will say this. I'm truly nervous right now. I am truly nervous about this. My breathing is heavy. This might be it for me. This is a a scary one for me. I'm nervous. Where, uh, let me see. Do we go to the, uh, let's go to the screen and welcome to the show. How do I, do I unmute here? Do you guys got that? We got it. You got it? Yes. I would like to welcome to the show a true, look, the word hero gets thrown around a lot these days, willy-nilly, but this is a true hero of mine. Can we please welcome to the show, Joe Flaherty is here with me. Oh my God, the greatest. Joe, can you hear me? Oh, wait, I'm... Tom, that's my bad. One second, please. One second. Hang tight. Sorry about that. I think you should be hearing it now. Okay. We have Joe Flaherty on the show. So exciting. Joe, can you hear me? No, how's that? There it is. I hear you. Yeah, thanks. Oh, my goodness. Joe Flaherty, as a kid, I never thought this day would ever happen. (laughs) You have meant so much to me for so long in my life. As formative as anything that's ever been a part of anything is you and the comedy you've made. So just off the top, I want to say thank you for for being as great as you have been. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. It's it's nice to know. It's really nice to know. Well, it's only downhill from here now. I got the compliments (laughs) out of the way. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Now, Now, Joe Flaherty, SCTV. Freaks of Geeks, you've just you've you've done it for so long, and one of the things that you're doing this Friday, there's a screening of the movie The Wrong Guy that you did with Dave Foley. Yes, it's going to be at the uh, the Dynasty Typewriter at Dynasty Typewriter in L.A. And I just want to give people info on it. Friday, Friday, May nineteenth, the Dynasty Typewriter. Hollywood Entertainment is doing the Wrong Guy reunion and screening, which is going to feature Dave Foley will be there, David Higgins, Jay Kogan, and Joe Flaherty. There are tickets on standby that will be available at the door, so people should figure that out for Friday. Get your tickets. This is one you don't want to miss. So how are you doing these days, Joe? How's everything going for you? Um, Oh, oh, I'm okay. Um, You know... (laughs) I'm no longer young. Okay. Uh, I'll be 82 in uh, June. Oh, my God. I know. That's too much. (laughs) That's too much. (laughs) It's too much. Yes. (laughs) Well. I never expected that. Uh, So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm an 82-year-old guy. My my life has shrunk 
Okay. Uh, quite a bit. You know, what I do, the things I do, uh, uh, well, I, you know, just things that I need to do to live, get by living. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, I haven't, it's funny, all of a sudden, though, I've been getting these requests for interviews. And um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, I had another request today for an interview. Uh, I forget what it is. I got to check. You got to turn uh, that one down. That one, we're canceling that one. This is yes. the, this is the interview. Sorry. I think that I think that's radio, though. I think it's just audio. Okay. So, yeah. Well, then, sure, we can allow it. Then we'll let sure. them do their thing. Now, well, the, yeah, my life has been pretty uninteresting. I got to say. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we can make it interesting tonight. Maybe we could change that a little bit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, you made the movie Wrong Guy, and yeah. uh there's a screening of it. It was a movie that was maybe underappreciated when it came out. And yes. this great group, Hollywood entertainment is uh, putting these screenings together. I actually uh, moderated a panel at a screening. They put together of a movie, your brother directed Clifford, which oh, was, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, so I met your brother, Paul uh, oh, a few months ago. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, that's a good movie, funny movie. It hasn't been appreciated enough by the general public, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it has it has a cult following, of course. Yeah. And and the, uh, the wrong guy never was released in the states. That's it was why. only released in Canada. Yeah, so that's why they're having this whole thing to try to get released in the states. That's amazing, and it was it was it was a hit in Canada. Is that, that yeah yeah. It's a really funny movie. If if you haven't seen it, you gotta uh, you gotta check it out. It's it's a seriously funny movie. Um, so you grew up in Pittsburgh, yeah. And who who were your earliest comedy heroes at that? Being a kid growing up in Pittsburgh, who who started to make you think about the idea of being funny? You know, that's interesting. I used to be asked that question a lot when I was doing SCTV. I couldn't really think of any. But now uh, I've had time to consider all of that stuff. And there were. I think it started with Mad Magazine. Okay. Way back when they started, when they were in just a, a paperback form. Mm -hmm. I used to, It was all satire. And um, I loved that. I just loved that. And then we had a disc jockey in Pittsburgh named Reege Cordick. Okay. Who had a great show. Uh, it was really fun, a lot of fun. He started that whole thing of doing clips, uh, you know, during during the show. He'd do a, but they were all audio clips uh, from different movies and things like that. You know, he'd mm -hmm. I don't know where he'd at. he'd say, "Well, that's pretty good." And then you'd hear Basil Rathbone Rathbone <laughs> saying, "Let's drink some champagne." <laughs> so, so, kind of yeah, like that did, that Dickie Goodman thing. You remember Dickie Goodman? Who, no, I don't. Which he is, he would do that? the. They would do like a record where it'd be like, "I'm oh. I'm here talking the Jaws," and it's like, "What do you think uh, the swimmers are going on today?" And then he would play like, "Dying, oh my!" Like the like, as if it was just all right. clips, right? Kind of getting like yes. a back and forth going, right? And uh, and that's what he did. He did a lot of these things. He was hugely popular in Pittsburgh. Hugely popular. Everybody loved that show. Uh, and so that was another influence. Reach, Mad Magazine. And then, of course, I used to watch TV a lot. I used to watch 
Steve Allen. I used to love Steve Allen's show. Sure. Uh, and uh, and so Steve uh, was somewhat of an influence on me too. Mm -hmm. um, see now, other than that, there, well, there, there were a lot though that uh, things that I took in, mostly satiric things. Those okay. satire. Sure. Uh, at, uh, the old the old uh, Sid Caesar show, your show of shows. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to love that because they did satire. They did. Uh, yeah, parodies. They, they do a lot parodies. of parodies of of movies yeah. and of uh, right. foreign films and this, which is obviously you can see the through line to what you eventually did on SCTV. Right, right, and uh, oh yeah, good. <laughs> All right, <laughs> my son just brought these in. I don't know if you can see them or not. I'm show. What is it? Oh my God! There's there's you and Bruno and Doctor Tongue. This right, is the greatest. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! This I yeah. You so uh, there you go. That's yeah. that's that's beautiful. It's uh oh oh and look there's <laughs> here and here's one more. This is something I got from a fan. Okay, let me see if I can see if we can center this. If we can do this properly, yeah. Another way. That's the uh, blood sucking monkey from West Mifflin, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just sent that to me in a mail a while back. But uh, it's very, they love the blood sucking monkeys from West Mifflin in Pittsburgh. It's a <laughs> yeah. big hit, Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yes. So that was. Uh... Oh my God! There's so many things that one of the when I when I was preparing to 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 talk to you, one of the things that really came back to me was Essie. I would stay up on Friday nights trying to like it was it was like a test to see if I could stay up to to watch <laughs> SCTV. And really? some, sometimes I'd wake up at Saturday morning. I'd realize I fell asleep. I'd be mad all week. I'd be mad because I missed it. And I got, <laughs> I got to do better. I got to learn how to stay up later. But when I would wow. stay up, it felt like a show that was made just for me and my friends. It was like, I never yeah. felt more kind of like this was, this exists to make me happy. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And I remember when we were being honored in uh, Aspen, Colorado. Uh, and, uh, the host, I can't remember the guy's name. The host, uh, he he was a huge fan, okay. and um, and he said he, the same thing. He said he thought the show was just made especially for him and his friends, and then watch it mm -hmm. every week without fail. Who was the, who was the guy? Now I just forgot who the guy was. Uh, he had a talk show. He had a talk show on okay. pretty big. Okay. Uh, uh, it'll come to me. <laughs> Somebody will get yeah. Some one of the the people listening also throw facts at me. Was it Conan? Yes, it was, it was Conan. Conan. Okay, Conan there right. we go. Very good, yeah. very good. Sure. And uh, that's what he said. He said it was a special little thing that he and his friends and they thought they were the only ones in the world that loved the show. Oh, and so that's the way it kind of went. It was uh, just we had this special following of people that loved uh, you know just. Uh, Love the show, mm -hmm. and and um, and that was good. 
that was great. We and we liked the people that liked our show. Sure. Know? We had a lot of different, you know, we had university professors and writers and as it turned out, film producers and film directors mm -hmm. that would watch our show. But uh, but it, it's um, yeah, that's a pretty much uh, pretty much the way um, it went. Uh, it, it was a private little show. We never had ratings. Let me just put it this way. Mm -hmm. We never had very good ratings. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. just, when we were on NBC, it was sad. You look at the numbers. <laughs> it was really sad. Brandon Tartikoff, who was in charge of NBC at the time, picked our show up. He wanted us to change the show and sort of make it more like a regular Saturday Night Live show. And uh, we refused. We said, "We this is our show. This is what we want to do. But boy, the numbers were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. But it's also, nobody's talking about Saturday Night Live sketches from 1982 or whatever. Th those things that are in the moment are one thing. And th that's important for things to be yes. feel alive and engage. And you see things from the news that week. But yeah. there's something there was always something special that SCTV was. It felt built to last like the comedy ran deep, uh, deep for me. Yeah. And there were so yeah. many layers to things and. Things yes. you didn't catch the first time, you'd have to watch it again and see if then you'd be like, "Oh, that's that," and this is like so many. You had so it was, there was such yeah. a depth to it that that's what makes it still stand the test of time. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, fortunately, yeah. And we never wanted to be temp contemporary on the show. We didn't want to do jokes about who was president at the time or mm -hmm. any of that stuff. Uh, we just did stuff that we thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, and it was great because we had a great group of people. I can't believe how pretty much accidentally we just got that group together. It's it, boy, it, were they good. It's the most it's the most impressive lineup you could ever dream of in terms of comedy to have you, Eugene Levy, John Candy, Catherine O'Hara, Andrea Martin, Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, Martin Short. It just yes. that's off the top, like right off the top, and then yeah. It's like you couldn't dream of a lineup like, and Harold Ramis is also Harold, in the mix. Yes, and Harold, yeah. Unbelievable lineup. It is like pure magic that that happens. Like the universe wanted that to happen. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Because I can't think of how it would have happened any other way. Yeah. It just was a, yeah, a collision of the stars or whatever, but or, or the, the planets. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it worked. Boy, did it work. And you know what was interesting? I worked with those guys on Saturday Night Live while we were still doing SCTV, I think, or right afterwards, actually. Mm -hmm. And they all said they loved SCTV. They thought it was better than Saturday Night Live. And they wanted, wished they were on SCTV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of those guys. Yeah. It's always the thing that they're like, oh, I wish I was on the thing, but I'll stay here making... 10 times as much money as you're making over yeah. on SCTV, but and, you're and doing God's worldwide. work over there. Right. That's right. And getting worldwide recognition. Yeah. And, uh, nobody's watching us, but, but uh, I don't care. None of us cared. We just did the show the way we wanted to do. We had pressure to change it a lot, mm -hmm. but we wouldn't do it. Yeah. We just said, we're going to do the stuff that we like and uh, the hell with everything else.
Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. And how, um, with all of those talented people, how did you find your your lane, the path that for what you would do that would differentiate you from what everybody else did? What was that like for you to carve out your own path? Yeah. Um, so we started it. We got very the very beginning. Uh, John, we cast in our first uh, show. We cast John as Johnny Larue. Sure. That's a character that he did throughout the whole show. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a version of Guy Caballero in that first show. Mm -hmm. It was a version, but it wasn't really anything like he, he became. Mm -hmm. um, and then Harold was our station manager. So Harold Ramis was our station manager. John was Johnny LaRue. And, uh, and from that, we kind of built, you know, the characters that say like Dave would do or Eugene, any, any of the cast members, uh, they didn't like doing this, but I said, we should repeat some of these characters because television is different than, you know, other mm -hmm. forms that people like to see characters come back that they like. Yeah. And uh, I had to pull some teeth to do it, but they decided they decided to, you know, uh, do, do their characters more than once. And so that was great because um, everybody came up with good characters. You know? Oh, my God. Johnny, it's the best character. Yeah. They're the best. And yeah. Guy, Guy Caballero, how, what was the, what was the thought behind Guy Caballero? Who was the station manager of, yeah. of SCTV? And he was in a wheelchair, even if he didn't need it, but he was in it too for respect. He wanted respect. Right. So it was, um, what was, yeah. the, what was, how did that come about? That came about because, uh, uh, one time I was, when when uh, Harold was station manager of the show, mm -hmm. he was the big wheel on the show. And uh, every once in a while, he'd get phone calls from this guy, which was me, a gruff voice <laughs> saying, uh, you know, Mo Green, what are you doing? You know, stop that, <laughs> stop that immediately. That kind of stuff. And so uh, <laughs> he said, who is this? And then I just sort of out of the blue said, uh, using that old gay Caballero thing. I said, this is Guy Caballero. Uh -huh. And you can see Harold actually laughing when I just do that line. But so I just did it first of all as a voice. Mm -hmm. But then um, Harold would, had to leave the show. And so we decided to, that Guy would take over the station, not just the station manager, he'd be the owner and president of SCTV. Uh, Harold thought I should play up my uh, South American Nazi ties. <laughs> so, yeah, you had your uh, boys from Brazil suit yeah, there. Yeah, boys from Brazil thing. And uh, so that's how we sort of got that started. Um, yeah, and Harold said, uh, you, you know, you should have 
Oh, I said, I want her to be like, no one's going to get this reference. Lionel Barrymore in, um, what was the name of that movie? Uh, with Humphrey Bogart uh, on Key Largo. Key Largo. I think. Key Largo. Yeah. Key Largo. Yeah. Key Largo. Uh, he was rolling around in a white suit and in, 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 a, uh, <laughs> in a wheelchair with a Panama hat. And I said, that's what I want to look like, like that. And so that's what I did. I ended up in a wheelchair. And then uh, Harold said, uh, you should tell him. And I said, I don't want to be stuck in that wheelchair all the time, though. He said, well, you should be able to get up and out, and, you know, move around. Mm -hmm. and, uh, if anyone asks you, you say you just use the wheelchair for respect, <laughs> which didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time. Uh -huh. that's what I did. And that's how Caballero was created. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had him there all the time to, you know, kind of move the show along, introduce scenes and stuff like that. And the other people begrudgingly started doing characters that uh, repeat characters. You know, um, Gene was quick to pick up on doing things like um, Woody Tobias Jr., better known as Bruno. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And John also, he he repeated uh, Dr. Tom. Yeah. So that was quite a combination. Yeah. And, and myself. Uh, so we ran with that. And um, uh, Harold, um, who else? Dave had uh, his characters. <laughs> yeah. It Dave, Dave didn't like the idea too much, but all of his characters were angry. So he was always. <laughs> yeah. Bill, Bill Needle was always. Bill Needle, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The um... and, uh, Andrea was uh, Andrea was uh, Edith Prickley. Yep. Edith Prickley. Uh, then and you then had she was that. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara was um, the. I mean, yeah. The, yeah, she. Uh, I want to. I want to ha have your children. Why am I blanking? Bear your children. Yeah, I wanna, yeah. yeah, I want to bear your yeah. children. It was. Lola, yeah. Yeah. Lola, what the heck was her last name? Um, Lola, Lola Heatherton. Lola, Lola yeah, Heatherton. Lo yeah, exactly. Lola yeah. Heatherton. Yeah. Yes. The. And um, that was, I gave her that name. I said, uh, "You should do a Joey Heatherton impression." And then she said, "Yeah, but I'll throw some Lola Falana in there." Sure. And that's mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a that. Yeah. God, but we had. We had so much fun doing that show. For them, you can tell you can tell how much fun you were having. Yeah, because yeah. it felt like this sweet spot. You could do impressions of people. You could make up characters. You'd smash them together. Um, like some of your impressions, like <laughs> you doing. The, this might be a one you don't expect. Like your version, you doing Gavin McLeod. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things because he just kept saying, oh, "I'm lucky, I'm lucky, I'm just lucky." Yeah. <laughs> it um, yeah. yeah. What what was that like? Like, did you ever hear and get ever get any response from people you did impressions of over the years? You know, that's interesting. I never did. Dave got feedback, negative feedback from people who did. Uh Richard, uh, what's his name? Harris. Richard Harris was one who wasn't too pleased. With oh, the, when, and also, Rick Rick Moranis said that uh, Dick Cavett wasn't real happy with his impression. <laughs> Plus, uh -huh. we, we also heard that Woody Allen was into a person with uh -huh. uh, Rick's Woody Allen. But, uh, Dave, yeah, Tom we, Dave we, Thomas doing the, when he does that, what is an award? That thing at the oh, award yeah. show and he gets the brick he gets hit in the chest with a brick yeah yeah, yeah. i <laughs> i don't oh my i don't think doing that. 
Yeah. We love throwing things on performers on stage. We'd hit them with bricks. We'd hit them with bowling balls. Andrew got, <laughs> got hit a couple of times with coconuts and bowling balls. Uh -huh. Good way to show. Good way to show your bombing up there is just have someone in the audience hit you. Yeah, we get hit in the ball. chest with a brick. Big heavy ball or a brick. Yeah. So you never heard from Alan Alda? Alan Alda was one of your impressions yeah. too. No, never heard anything from Alan uh, that I know of. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I thought that one was a pretty decent one too. I thought that was oh, it was a great yeah. Yeah. And Sammy Maudlin was kind of the ultimate version of the showbiz, like the the ass kissy kind of back padding, the Sammy Maudlin show where you were the host of a talk show where it was kind of the because that's the other thing with SCTV. Even as a kid, I could feel these oh, yeah. guys, these guys are making fun of the stuff my parents Yes. liked yeah. and they're yeah. pretty much and they're drawing a line between what my parents liked and what i'm going to like this is where the line is it was Le it was yeah. letterman and it was sctv saying here's the line we're on the other side of the line yeah. and we're, we're yes. rejecting what that past stuff was all the smarmy showbiz uh right where people that probably hate each other but they're saying they love them well, you know, we based that on a specific show. It was the Sammy Davis show. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, uh, he that's what he did. He'd, he'd invite all his showbiz buddies on, and they'd all come on and tell each other how great they were, uh -huh. you know, and how much he loved them. And they said, oh, Sari, I love you, too. And the shows were just these cheap schmooze fests. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, uh, and so we said, let's do that. You know, let's have some characters. Gene wanted to do that bad stand-up comic uh bobby bitman bobby bitman yeah. yeah and of course john i, I gave him that part of uh, william b williams who was the actual co-host on the sammy model show um william b williams he did that which mm -hmm. was great I thought william b he was on that now there was the episode where william b williams just he realizes he's bringing the show down and he's gonna go <laughs> He's going solo with his yeah. own talk show. I truly don't think I ever laughed as much as I did at that episode because that has, he comes out, yeah. he bombs doing the monologue. He's yeah. got uh, <laughs> Irving Cohen as the guest and he's mad yeah. at him. And yeah. what was that was based on the, the Joey Bishop show. Is that what that? Exactly. That's exactly right. Regis Feldman was the co-host. When he first started out, Joey Bishop, the ratings weren't great. Mm -hmm. And somebody said something, a critic said something about the Regis Philbin. He took umbrage to. And uh, uh, so one day on the show, he just said, uh, uh, okay, it's been good working with you, Joey. But uh, I've been bringing the show down. <laughs> and the critics say, I'm, I'm, I'm holding you back. So <laughs> goodbye. And he just walked off. Uh-huh. And uh, Bishop had no idea this was not planned or anything. And he just had this look on his face like, you know, what the, what the <laughs> hell was that? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, he just couldn't. So, based on something that probably a reference that very few people got would, would know about. But still, that's what we did. We used that. And then we had William B. walking off the show because he's bringing down Sammy's rates. <laughs> it's his own show. Yeah. Bombs. <laughs> it was a, when he... And then Sammy Maudlin rolls in as the hero oh, right. when yeah. he says, uh, like, 
He's like, Irvin Cohen, he's got more hits than McLean Stevenson's got bombs. And it's like, right. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. such, it was, it's just the world you, you all built is just, um, nothing will ever top it. Um, what, what is the appeal for you of playing dumb people? What would, the, was that fun for you to play stupid people? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I never thought about that, um, but I ended up doing that, didn't I? Uh, there were two things I guess I played. That's dumb people a lot and drunk people a lot. I <laughs> yeah. Just, did a lot of drunk stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess I did it well enough. I know everybody liked what I did on all the acts. All of the uh, cast members liked uh, the stuff I did on uh, the soap opera with, uh-huh. as Rock, Rocco. Oh, yeah. Days of the I, Week. Yeah, Rocco was dumb. I mean, he was just pure dumb. Yeah, and uh, and then of course, on Gene wrote it for me on for the uh, the the quiz show. What was that called? Halfwits. Uh, Halfwits. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I played a really dumb character on that. <laughs> Arthur Liggett was your name. Very good. Very See? good. Arthur Andrew Liggett. Believe, yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now. The names you came up with also, Haji D. Robertus. <laughs> a childhood friend of mine. Really? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, who wow. Later, yeah, who later became a doctor, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Haji D. Robertus. People seem to respond to that word, that name, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, you always had, yeah, it was just, how, how did you... Like what were what were the behind the scenes things like? How were you guys laughing all the time making these things? What was how long were the days? Was it just a? Oh yeah, it was a long. Oh, it was arduous. We were writing and performing, and boy, that's we spent a lot of time doing that show. Uh, it was tough. It was a tough grind, and uh, we'd start every season off liking each other by the end we couldn't stand each other just Uh (laughs) Just two yeah close quarters yeah uh so uh yeah writing and performing i'm telling you our days were really bad and long Mm -hmm. when we uh we never had any breaks as soon as we finished shooting a scene we'd have to go in there and write a scene sure finish writing that scene we had to go in and shoot a scene and uh the days were long brutal uh 12 hour days a lot of times and um, so this, it was, but you know what? And no one knew about our show. It wasn't like Saturday Night Live where we had audiences outside waiting to cheer us on. Nobody was there. So we just had, all we had was our show and ourselves, especially in Edmonton. I'll tell you, uh, there was nothing to do there. There was, that wasn't like New York City, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, How'd you kill time in Edmonton? What did you do for fun? Uh, we'd work. We'd write, we'd sure. write sketches in our hotel room. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I think it had one decent Italian restaurant who who threw us out one night because we weren't wearing <laughs> suits or sport coats. Uh-huh. But, but we have a television show on it. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, everybody knows that great Italian food in Edmonton, of course. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> um,
so it was yeah so it was a grind you're working who 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 could crack you up the the easiest who could just get you to break i think two people john candy and uh and gene levy okay. eugene levy yeah. sure yes you remember well, any specific moments where you just couldn't hold it together uh let me think of Mm, that's a good question. I wish I would have had a little time to think about that one because, uh, yeah, that we were all, we were able to get it through though. We were very professional. We would crack up on camera ever, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I, I think you know when we did the, the very first Bruno and Doctor Tun thing about death motel, <laughs> Gene made me laugh. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> and he had a character named. Uh, Woody, no, Bruno. Yeah. But the actor playing Bruno was Woody Tobias Jr. Yeah, who was kind of a, a little, he was a pompous, yes, he was kind yes, of a blowhard. Yeah, and when we first started doing it, I'd refer to uh, Gene as Woody, and he said, no, I'm not Woody. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not Bruno. I'd say Bruno, yeah. Yeah. I'm not Bruno, I'm Woody Tobias Jr. Yeah. But anyway, stuff like that. Uh, geez. That one scene I love doing with Gene uh, on the Canadian show, the CBC show. Sure. We did a parody of the uh, front page challenge. Okay. And he played this character named Dougal Curry. <laughs> and the whole thing was, it wasn't fair because we were doing the CBC back in the 1950s, you know. But we, we wanted to parody CBC, the CBC network. Because uh, Python would, you know, parody the uh bbc yeah and, and so we decided to parody the cbc and uh and he played that uh, that character and it was a front page challenge mm -hmm. and uh he was his name was dougal curry and you could only what was it you could only see his bottom teeth he blacked out his top teeth <laughs> God, it was so funny he was so boringly funny uh-huh uh, -huh. uh we had a lot of fun with that. I mean, that made me laugh. And I made him laugh, too. Because mm -hmm. I mean, that same scene, too, you know, because sometimes I just go up with my lines. Uh -huh. Because before it was so funny, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And there were other times, too. Uh, I'm trying to remember with John. You know, I work with both those guys on stage. Mm -hmm. at Second City Theater. Sure. Where I think John and I really got a good you know, rapprochement, whatever, uh, uh, working with him a lot. And he'd laugh. He'd laugh at stuff that I do. Uh, what What was his energy like as a performer for you to play ooh. off of? Oh, good. Good. Oh, really good. John had great energy. And, uh, and it'd bring that to the character. And, uh, and he was he was fun to watch, you know, when you're when you're playing another character, watching him play this character whatever it was mm -hmm. i i think the most one we had and, and gene agrees with this was in the soap opera where john played straight man to me uh as rocco mm -hmm. he and was he was the, dr william wainwright right Wainwright, yes yeah. yes he played straight man to me yeah but he was a great straight man. Oh you know, my just, God. Some <laughs> of the funniest things I see that it's all rushing back to me now when he was trying to get you to eat the sandwich in jail. 
<laughs> yeah. And you're just, he's like, just eat it. It's got green stuff on it. It's green stuff. <laughs> and yes. you almost course, had it in your mouth. Yeah. Oh. And then, of course, the, uh, what was that drink I had to order? A scotch and, oh, yeah, a scotch and tomato juice. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he made me order, order that. Oh, it, 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 it just, the show has meant so much to me in so many ways. I want to ask you about uh, when I told I told my friend Peyton you were going to be on. He said I have to ask you about 1941, about being in 1941. Really, really. Yeah. No, I don't get that much. Yeah. Um. Boy, that was interesting. Because it's a strange movie that it was like one of Steven Spielberg's rare misses in terms yes. of commercial. Yes. And oh, it, yes. But it's a really interesting movie. I've I've seen it over the years a bunch of times, and it's kind of like, it kind of almost gets there, and then it, ugh, it's it's very frustrating. Yes. So, uh, well, here's the case with that. Stephen, uh, interestingly enough, he, he was a big fan of Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and then uh, he was a fan of a big fan of. Uh, what's the movie that? Uh, come on, Harold wrote Belushi was in the. the fraternity movie oh uh, animal house animal house yes yeah, yeah. so steven loved that movie and even after our, our first season on sctv steven became a fan of sctv so uh i don't know how that happened if it, he just decided to use me uh, or if john put a good word in it for him because he was definitely using john he wanted belushi and candy for sure and danny Ackwood who was also a second city guy. Um, and so that, I got into that. He got me the job. That was only supposed to last something like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I, I, my part was nondescript. They didn't even have a, t- a character for the title. I was just up on stage. And, uh, and so I, you know, I started playing around with the cam- camera. I mean, you know, with, with the dialogue, when the camera would come on me, I'd be in, I'd start improvising. Mm-hmm. I just assumed this Spanish character and I'd speak with a Spanish accent and uh, everybody la- was laughing. You know, everybody was uh, on the set were chuckling and laughing. And Steven liked that. And so he made the part bigger. He gave me a bigger part. Mm-hmm. Ended up, instead of a couple of days, I ended up doing it for three weeks. Okay. And uh, yeah. And I was happy. To, I, I thought it did a good job. I remember, Pauline Kale, the critic, said that she wished the whole movie took place in that U, uh, USO club. Yes. Because of the sequence is there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I had a chance to just open up and every, he let me do whatever I wanted, uh, whatever, say whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So that's, I padded my part quite nicely. Sure. There. Yeah. You got it. Well, that's where the improv and skills come him, in. He's still, Stephen loved comedy. He wanted to do a comedy but he didn't have the vaguest idea of how to do a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, he doesn't have a comedic mind, you know? Uh, he just doesn't. I think he'll admit that now. Sure. Um, yeah. So he was always calling us in for suggestions. He'd called John Candy in. He'd call me in. He'd call Belushi. He'd call Danny in. What do you think I do about this? What do you think I do? So we had a, I had a feeling anyway, that I thought, you know, this, uh, this may not turn out too well. Sure. Steven. Well, because and, uh, that's what happened. One of the things is 
bigger isn't always better in comedy. Yeah. You got to right. pick your spots with the bigger stuff. And that movie yeah. is just all bigger. Right. Right. I wish you would have stuck to the original script more, which Bob Zemeckis wrote, mm -hmm. uh, because that would have been a more coherent movie, you know? Sure. But he didn't. He, he, Army? Oh, no, I, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. But he didn't do that. And, uh, and so uh, it just kind of, you know, just was scattered all over the place. It didn't have a central focus, a comedic focus. And so it, it didn't do well. And uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> I got a call after I did that movie. I, I did some other project. Then I got a call saying, you want to do uh, a movie called, um, what the heck was that movie now? Jeez. Now I just went up on the movie. This will be happening quite often. Uh, <laughs> used cars, used cars. Of course, of course, used yeah, cars. Yeah, they said, you want to come in and do used cars? We just fired John Candy. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, we just got rid of John Candy. Uh, I find, come to find out his, his agent booked him for two movies at the same time. Uh -huh. So they weren't happy with that. So they they told him to, to pick one movie, but not not uh, used cars. Well, so, what, do you I think, he, was it Stripes that he would have done instead of used cars? Uh, let's see now, what happened there? No, no. No, it, whatever the movie was he did mm -hmm. was not very okay. popular. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I don't think it was a very popular movie. Mm -hmm. um, it may have been. I'd have to check into that. Look, So, uh, yeah, so I ended up in used cars and um, working with Bob Zemeckis. And uh, that was good. Uh, that was fun. I liked that. And he used me later in... Uh, Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future Part 2. Which, yes. now, just so you get some perspective on where I'm coming from, I go to the theater, I see Back to the Future 2. The only thing I'm talking about leaving it was that Joe Flaherty had a telegram <laughs> at the end of the movie. Really? That was my favorite part. Look, oh, look I love really? the movie, but I was still just like, yeah. that, that was the part that truly blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because I I wanted to be try to be funnier than that, but Bob wanted me not to, mm -hmm. you know, be too 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 funny so i had to play it fairly straight so uh i did trying to but trying to get some kind of cheap drama melodramatic mm -hmm. to it uh the, and the funny thing i tell everybody is uh when we were shooting that bob came up to me and said okay we're gonna have it's gonna be mud we have mud all over the studio studio floor rain is gonna be falling we have water coming down tons of water we're gonna put in lightning and thunder he said, so you have to talk up. You really have to talk up over that. So I did. If you watch it, you see the movie, you know, I'm just, are you Marty McFly? I'm, well, I happen to be, I'm talking at the top of my voice. And then you got Michael Fox and he's saying, uh, yes, yes, I'm Marty McFly. Uh, what are you here for? <laughs> just, uh -huh. just his voice and all. But anyway, yeah, that was, uh, but that was cool to do. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take too much of your time. I, I just want to. Um, this is this this. I just have to say, this is this is one of the true thrills for me to get to talk to you. I never, as a kid, I never would think that I would get to talk to Joe Flaherty, and I did today, and it really wow. is uh, mind blowing. And 
I have so much gratitude for everything that you've done. And uh, I just want to thank you on behalf of me and my friends who this changed all of our lives. Thank you so much for everything you made. Well, thank you. That was very heartwarming. And uh, I really appreciate you having me on the show. And yes, once again, uh, it's great to talk to people that love the show that much. You love that show. Oh, I, you I really love it. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I just I could ask you about uh, about uh, Count Floyd and and Floyd Roberts and all this stuff, but oh, yeah. there's only so much time we have. So yeah, I just sure. you know thank you so much for for this, oh. and I hope everybody uh, I hope people go see uh, the movie on uh, on Friday. The wrong guy, yeah. It's over at Dynasty Typewriter. The regular tickets are sold out, but there will be a standby line. So. Uh, Joe will be there. Uh, and thanks again, Joe. What a treat this was. Sure. Just one quick thing. Of course. Let's see. I'm going to move over. Can you, uh, let me see. Yeah. Can you make out that poster in the background? I guess you can. can I see. I can't make it. Is It's you. It's Guy Caballero. Yes. And it says, is SCTV too good for TV? <laughs> and uh, it was the Soho News printed that front page. Uh, and that was fun. That was cool. I really like that. Yeah. No, this, All right. this is such a, thank you so much. And, uh, please tell Paul, I said, hi, and, uh, I hope I get oh, to yeah. talk to you again. Okay, great. Okay. okay. Thanks so much. Wonder- sure. Good talking okay, to you. You too. Um, and now I'm going to cry. I All right. I don't know what to do. I don't either. What do I do? <laughs> we don't know what to do. What do we do? I'm going to mute you real quick, Joe. Okay. okay. All right. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that's a true highlight. Wow. The best show is produced in partnership with the forever dog podcast network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The best show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Byrne, segment producer Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.